took a year off and started over. Um, got hurt something in last year, so he had to withdraw from that semifinal. And then this year, I think he had like three firsts, a third, a fourth, and a tenth. Like, phenomenal. Crushed it. Really crushed it. And he missed it last year. Um, Well, he had to pull out because of an injury. Oh, Um, okay. And so he's like super pumped up for this year and everything. And he's a bigger dude. Like, he's like a, like, I guarantee he's six foot at least. Oh, really? He looks like a bigger guy and it was impressive. Uh, I, I liked his thing on Instagram, so I'll have to go back and like look at his name, but it was pretty impressive. Not as jacked about Jake Douglas, dude, huh? No, no, no. no. That dude's just on a different level, dude. <laughs> that Jake Douglas guy literally looks like he's a cartoon. Like, like it's cartoon ridiculous. character. I mean, like, it's, it's he has crazy. no neck. He has no neck. I'd be interested in how he does the crossing games. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, dude, that, he kind of has a similar build to Roman, just not as jacked, you know? He's not as tall, I don't think. Not as tall. Um, but he's just a big dude. Not as tall as uh, Roman. Is this the like, last year it's in Madison? Uh, it's what, through 2024? Right. So it's there is next it year, this year or next year. I don't know. I know they originally were gonna leave, but I think they filed like some of extension on it. So they did? I think it might go through twenty four. That sounds right, but I'm not positive. I was gonna say I thought I saw twenty four, but I could be wrong. I could be very yeah. wrong. And so, because um, I know they were talking about moving it to what, like Birmingham or something like that. Oh yeah, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, but I don't know if that fell through. It'd be closer. I mean, <laughs> it'd be closer. Like, to go. I guarantee. I guarantee you, like more people were like, all right, I'll drive to Alabama. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, I would. I would. I would drive eight hours, nine hours. I'd probably, what, yeah, probably seven, seven hours, somewhere six around, hours. Let's go shorts, like eight? Something like that. Six, somewhere seven? Six, seven? Something like that. I don't think that's that bad. I don't know where Birmingham is in relation to Alabama, though. I'm not really familiar with all that. Somebody's here. I don't know who that is. Uh, that might be Trey walking up in here. Yeah, that's Trey Duffel. That's the double walk. We're looking at Trey Duffel on the security cameras. Uh and so it'll be interesting how all that plays out this year. Dude, there's been so much complaining about the programming. The program, dude, they're in like bashing them hard. Hard. Like, like every YouTube channel's bashing them. Um, I've seen so many things about Well, it felt like he got such a, he got a lot of praise last year after the crossing games. Yeah. Like programming wise. And then the open and the quarterfinals and the semifinal programming, Arizona been bashing the hell out of it. I don't know if people liked the games or if it was just newer stuff at the game. So it was exciting. I think it was a little bit of both. I think uh, yeah. maybe it was just something new. That people were kind of like, oh, okay, like it's a shift in programming. This is kind of something fresh. But then they got into this year and people were hating, hating it. it. I think also, like, the biggest thing I saw, and I don't maybe you've seen it or not, but was the pretty much like blaming the programming for all the people that have gotten hurt. Have you seen that? Yeah, That's I like saw something about that, like yeah. media feed and stuff going through it. Um, but I mean, they said, like, I think it's like 20% of athletes like have to like withdraw. Well, like, I'm there. That's a lot. Well, like, they keep talking. And it's always usually on ring stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, it's always a ring muscle. Like, pecs and things of that nature. Jumbo bench or something. And so, uh, I don't, never been a big fan of, like, weighted ring dips. Or, like, weighted, or weighted, like, in way, like, kipping dips. Yeah. Or, like, weighted ring muscle ups. I feel like it's just a bad position to catch when you're catching such a deep position. Like, uh, that it puts so much strain on the pec itself. That's usually the more common, like, in a company competition is like peck. a peck injury especially yeah. for the guys that's crazy to me I feel like I've never seen somebody I mean you had the little peck thing for like what a month or two months yeah it was on ring dips um, I was on ring dips yeah. um, but like besides that I haven't I've never really seen somebody get hurt doing that kind of stuff well it started that remember that year the dumbbell yeah well, that's when it started that year that's when all the peck injuries started happening was that the year that like uh, like that California region with like Jason Kalipo and all of them 
Uh, like all November, like that year, I'm pretty sure like for like Dan Bailey, that was the year Dan Bailey tore his. Yeah, so it was the year is like that that dumbbell year? snatches and ring tips. Okay, it was the workout. That was the year was like nothing but dumbbells, like dumbbell in the open, dumbbell at regionals. Regionals is like big dumbbell heavy that year, and uh, we had, they had a lot of guys strain their pecs, and so I don't that whole situation with the whole programming thing. I don't know if you ever make anybody happy when it comes to like the programming, but um, people. <clears throat> Which I do think there's a degree, a lot of the programming, especially like in regionals this year, or semifinals, whatever you want to call them, uh, did have a lot of bottleneck workouts. Yeah. Whereas I came to really down to one movement. And like, for instance, I used the air run or what? For three, three, three sport times. events had the air runner right. in it. Out of six or seven sport events had well, the air runner. Didn't they also, they did, did they row? Pretty sure they rowed, huh? They had the row in there, but they were like, the row was basically like, oh, we haven't rowed yet. Let me just throw this thing just in there. Just throw it, it in there. Literally had nothing to do with the workout. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of people are not fans of the whole entire thing. So it'd be interesting to see anything that changes with it. I mean, I would say early on, I definitely prefer the Castro style programming compared I think so. to the Adrian Bosman style programming. Yeah, I will say this though. I, mean, I think if they could mesh the two together, it'd be a perfect combination. I, but. I think of Bosman's programming at the games as like, I'm gonna put it in baseball terms. You're the number four guy, and all your 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 only job is to hit home runs. I think he hit like three or four home runs last year, and okay. then everything in between was like. So it's either a strikeout or a home run. Yeah, it's like okay, I didn't really care to yeah, watch. It's either a strikeout or a home run. Um, like the sandbag event last year, that was probably one of the. That's going to go down as the probably that's the iconic workout. The capital was a good one. Yeah, um, like I think people remember that, and like the photos that came from that for forever. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, but then you have like workouts where, like the swim and ski, that's the most boring thing to watch in the yeah. world. Yeah, and, and it's tough because like sometimes the most effective tests aren't the most fun to watch either. Yeah. So and that's kind of the and hard you got to marry it. Yeah, and that's the hard part about the, the sport itself is like you got to make it a sport that it's there's so many touch points you got to have where it's like okay you got to make a workout that's you know fair across the board like you might have some workouts that are maybe can be leaned towards like a bigger guy or like the gymnastics guy but you got to make sure the program is balanced out across mm-hmm. the board you got to make sure that they're entertaining and they're also safe like safe. you got to like balance all these different things like logistically wise how this all works out and stuff. You know some of my favorite workouts. Uh, Two one of my two of my favorite workouts to watch were swimming workouts. One was like the OG like Jason Kalipa swim and bar muscle up workout. Oh, that one. The only thing I didn't like about that one that was all stupid was the fact that like the bar I'm like that seems like such an unsafe thing to jump out. Of oh my god, dude! So many people were slipping, but but it was fun to watch. They like, put tape on the bar, yeah, because I was using <laughs> grips at the time. But I, I just remember watching that workout and I was just like, this is fun because like people were remember, falling off and like people were catching people. Do you and, remember the COVID year? And they had that one where it was like four rounds, and it, and it was a rest of it for each round. They did like it was like they bike sprinted and swam, GHC sit up and like so that I'm through. literally about so that was number two yes. for me. That was the second swim workout. Dude, they got me. destroyed so, and then they had to go reverse, and then they would like D-ball clean, GHC and they sprint, went back in order, and then bike sprint. The that was one of the funnest workouts to watch, in my opinion, yes. like in a long time. Yes. Just because, like, you had people. I remember watching that, like Matt Frazier. Who was the other guy? Was it Cole Saker? Maybe or like or somebody else. Someone, uh, who was it? Samuel Quant. Samuel Quant. That's who it was. Samuel Dude, Quant. he was smashing everybody in that workout. Um, but I just remember watching that one and like how fun like 
he made an interval workout fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. Even with like the rest, like you were like, okay, who's gonna who's gonna beat him on the D balls? Who's gonna come off the GHD? Well, the thing like, is, like a lot of the workouts, I think, at least from a spectator standpoint, I, I'll say they have to be entertaining workouts. They can't be boring movements and things of like that. But it has to be the workout has to be understandable to where it's not overly complicated. And two, it has to be visually appealing where you can tell who the hell's in the lead. In the lead, yeah. Like, you can't do workouts where people are in the middle of the workout and it's a 15 minute workout and you have zero idea who's winning the workout. Like you're sitting on a, a rover for five minutes. Nobody yeah. knows where you're Like, that's not, that's not yeah. fun at all to do. Like, you'd have to have like a pace boat on a screen to tell or something like that. It's just, it's too, cool. it's too visually hard to see stuff like that. I think that's sometimes the, the, the hardest part of the sport itself is like on a visual standpoint. Like, understanding what's happening. Understanding. Like, people that are CrossFitters are a little bit more understanding compared to somebody like, Let's say your aunt or something like that wants to watch it. She's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Right? And so, um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it goes down this year. But they got, what, probably another six weeks or so before it goes down. It's usually early August. It's coming up. It's coming like up. That. I didn't really realize, to be honest with you, how far in June we were. June 15th. We're like, half, we're halfway through that thing halfway. right now. I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, we're already in, almost in July right now. 33 next week. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts for me. So and you're turning 33? 33 next week. you old ass, man. Old, old. Uh-huh. That's actually kind of crazy, though. What? I don't know. I feel like I've known you since you were like, what, 26, 27? Something like that, probably. Somewhere around there? Yeah. I feel like it's weird to say 33 because when you were 20s, you still sound like you can kind of be irresponsible. Yeah. When you hit 30 something, like everyone's <laughs> like, like, you're you adult, you can't fuck up no more. That's kind of you funny. <laughs> I was looking through my photos the other day and I was going, or I was going through my Instagram and I had like videos of like my push tricks and stuff over there in the corner. Uh-huh. And I can like see like the red walls, the, red the Olympic wall. lifting type for the push jerks. Like, uh, oh my god, god. There. it was it was bringing me back. The old school, yeah. Games. And then had those little posters in the corner right yep. there by the uh, kids' room. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the Olympic lifting posters. Yeah. It's always fun. Like you'll see like an old video of me lifting in that corner over there, and you'll have like some kid like looking through the window. Look at the windows, yeah. you know? uh, it's also weird because you don't have a we don't have like a whole room back there in those videos, and so like I was looking through it, and I was like. Oh, this is too weird for me. I was like, I live, get, get me out of here. Get me out it's, of here. It's, it's weird, like, looking back at like, really old pictures when we first moved in here, like, how much visually different the box looks now than yeah. what it does. Or, like, it. we didn't have shiplap around the whole gym. Like, yeah. that was said, like, that's another big one right there. Yeah. And so, no, it's visually changed a lot, even the outside, obviously, over the past couple of years. And uh, it, it's cool to look back at old photos and whatnot. It's even cool to see back and, like, look at old photos and you know you might have like a group photo of some kind and you can still have see those people, people that are still here that's all these years later and still come consistently i saw a photo from y'all's not even in this gym like an older the old older box, photo yeah and it was like oh, i guess all y'all after like a saturday workout mm-hmm. or something uh, and like you could tell like you could see like lacy and like abel and shelly mm-hmm. and like you could see all those guys and so that's kind of cool the og days yeah so, what are we talking about today, Kale? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea in my head, but I'm not going to throw it out if you got things. Maybe for the next one? <laughs> yeah, maybe for the next All one. Right. So, I mean, I know people maybe get tired of talking about nutrition, but uh, I thought about this one the other day. Um, you can tell what you think. If we, we can jump to your, yours if you need to. Okay. But simplistic nutrition rules live by per meal. Per meal? Per meal. Like So, like... Like here's some nutrition rules to live by. Like when you sit down and have a meal, eighty nine percent of the time, this is what it should be permission comprised of. Okay. Like these are simplistic. Only can't with four, right? They're four simple nutrition rules to go by when eating. Basically, I don't right. know the best reverse to put that as. I don't say like four simple nutrition. I mean, you could. I mean, if you stuck with just these 
simple four foundational things like by like if I sit down and eat and I do that like eight or nine out of ten times yeah I mean your body composition is going to be probably 89% of where you want it to go okay you know I think in general like obviously you live a lot healthier lifestyle and in the process your body composition will probably change for the better depending on how extreme you want to take it obviously you're going to do more to take things to the extreme side but uh, I think for most individual people it's a simplistic thing enough um, to where it's like okay like even if you didn't want to track everything if you just did this you little pick bit of like stuff one of these things or two yeah these you can probably go a long way so you start with just these four foundational things and we'll kind of break down maybe go a little bit detailed each one I don't know how long we'll, this might be like a 20-25 minute podcast uh, so first is relatively simple is now I'm thinking this in the terms of if you're eating roughly four to six times a day okay right which is probably the general average yeah. of most people I'll have like a breakfast lunch dinner and then I might have like some two, two snacks in a day or they might have like three large meals and maybe like one medium sized kind of like snack sized meal whatever it may be um and it's, this is obviously not completely individualized. If you're a bigger guy, this is maybe like you're 200, 250 pounds. These numbers might not exactly apply. If you're a little bit more of a smaller female, let's say maybe you're only like 100 pounds, 110 pounds. These numbers might be adjusted okay. to a degree, but it's, it's a good, it's like a general happy goal. medium, right? For most of you who weigh between like, you know, 140 to 190 pounds in that range, this is probably where most of you are gonna fall into, right? So. Saying that I'm eating X amount of meals, you know, four to five, six, somewhere in there. So first one on the list is pretty straightforward. It's not necessarily food related, but water based. So like trying to get in 20 fluid ounces of water. For every meal? Every single meal. Okay. Right. So if you break that down, that's, that's me roughly, you know, a hundred ounces in a day. If we eat three square solid meals, you're looking at 60 ounces in a day, right? Okay. I would say for most individuals, they're probably seeing closer to like somewhere like four times a day, right? So we're looking at roughly at that point in time, 80 ounces of water, which is about what most individuals are going to fall into. Our general rule to go by is half your body weight in fluid ounces. So depending on the person's life, for me, if I eat five times a day, that hit the number of premature on the dot, be being about 200 pounds, okay. right? But let's say somebody like, how much is, I don't know, how many are these anyways, like 120 something? Uh, I bet she's like 125, 130. Don't get bad at me. <laughs> We're gonna say she weighs 150. I know. I'm gonna say she weighs 103. <laughs> okay, so if that's the case, so for her, you know, she might be close to like 15 ounces of water. Okay. But generally around 20 ounces a couple times a day is about what we're looking for in the way of general fluid intake. Because obviously people understand, like, especially right now, as hot as it is, fluid intake becomes that much more important because obviously you're producing more sweat throughout your day. Even if you're just Going outside and sitting, you're reducing more sweat. Obviously, your hydration needs to go up, but also it'll help aid in satiation because the way water works is as it goes to your system, you apply more pressure to your stomach. It's like a pressure gauge, and it's gonna make you have more of a sensation of feeling more full. So less likely to that you're gonna you. like reach for a coke or something like that. Instead, try to stay with the water. If you want to add in like some type of like water sweetener of some kind, like. You know, those crystal-like packets yeah. or an element pack or whatever it may be. That's fine if you really want to do that. Man, you just can't if you're just water. drinking an element pack, just to drink an element pack, I feel bad for you, my guy. Do you, when you drink those, do you get, I almost feel like I get full off those. Full? Um, it's like, like a it's like a good 30-minute, like, kind of, not not bloated, but like... It'll suppress my appetite. Yeah. Like, I usually right now what I've been doing is doing one after I eat my 3 o'clock meal. Okay. That's sweet potato and ground meat meal usually. Yeah. I'll have one right after that, and I don't really want to eat again until like closer to like six. Really? Because usually like, 
so the, I don't do intermittent fasting, but like I do like a. You don't eat until like noon. Well, it's not necessarily even do it on purpose. It's the way my schedule works out. So the way I'll do mine is I'll so I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have like some fruit and like a protein shake with some coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. and it'll be like like it's like. How many ounces of blueberries is it? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how many blueberries I eat in the morning, but it's roughly a cup's worth of blueberries, plus a banana, plus a protein shake, and a cup of coffee. So it's not like a shitload of food. It's probably like, what, like five, six ounces of blueberries? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head of how much it is. And then from there, post-workout, I'll have like some carb powder. Okay. And then another protein shake and a banana. And then that's what I eat. And, that's, and then I don't have like my first like big meal till noon. No. So it's not intermittent fasting. I'm still eating. You're eating something. I'm yeah. still eating. I still have some. Some. It's just relatively lighter. So because my workout time is in the morning, and then I'll have like my first like larger meal at noon. It's almost like you have like a little snack. And then I'll have another another meal at three. Then I'll have like a snackish style meal at like 4.30. Y'all getting, y'all getting details right now, guys. Then Let's I'm getting up. another <laughs> meal in around 6. 6. And then I'm getting another meal in at 8.30. Okay. Okay. So you eat at like 8.30? Yeah. You're so, debunking so, that myth? Huh? You're so debunking I, that I myth? eat pretty much like my, I technically, I guess, if we're talking about each individual meal, seven meals a day. Okay. But like my, what, like, like more larger volume food meals is more like five. four or five in the afternoons. Okay. So, um, so I mean, you eat most of your meals though in like a like a six hour, eight hour window. Yeah, probably about, about. an eight hour window, yeah. roughly. Uh, but starting off with roughly twenty ounces of water at each individual meal, that can be adjusted. But obviously, you need to have always a simple simple rule is like if you have like a water bottle, like a normal size water bottle, it's like sixteen point nine fluid ounces. Not y'all's gallon jugs. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you literally drink, if you just drink that pretty much every single meal, for for most of you guys, you probably cover most of your water. One thing that people don't realize as well, which we're going to talk about this in a second, is you also get fluid intake from the food that you eat. Mm-hmm. So I think people look at like just solely like the water intake that you're taking in that's like it. by water, and that's it. You also get water intake from like fruit and vegetables. I was about to ask, like, depending on how much fruit and like vegetables yeah. you're eating. And also, you can't track that. You don't can't say like, oh, I'm eating an apple, so it's giving me X amount of fluid ounces of water. But I would say probably you're probably getting depending, on, and I'll say it varies. Depends on how much fruit and vegetable you're eating. But probably about 10 to 20% of your fluid intake is probably coming from food anyways, and the rest coming from water. And obviously, you're drinking coffee and things of that nature that also add to more fluid intake. Mm-hmm. But roughly around a water bottle per meal covers your basis. Pretty simple. You don't have to drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. I think that is a little bit of a fallacy that people will fall into, like you have to drink a gallon. And That's why you go off your body weight, right? It's like a more accurate way. A more accurate is based off your body weight. It'd be like you saying you need to eat 300 grams of protein. That's, you Probably can't. Not, yeah. You can't just go and, and give like one blanket term. On not, you can't water. generalize nutrition. I feel like. Well, why would a 125 pound female and a 225 pound male drink the same amount of water? Drink the same amount of water. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So roughly about half your body weight in ounces, but about a water bottle per meal. Okay, so that's that's nutrition rule number one. Nutrition rule number two is trying to have somewhere around two cups of fruit or vegetable at each individual meal. Okay. I would say out of, let's say you're eating five times a day, four of those probably you have. You should have some sort of fruit or vegetable. Yeah, at least. So, you know, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. It could be a fruit or a vegetable. It could be just fruit. And once again, it's going back to 
the volume intake of food that you're taking in a day. So if we're talking on a way of like a quantity standpoint, this amount of volume of food that you're eating, by simply taking in a fruit or vegetable intake at every single meal, the volume of food that you're going to is going to dramatically increase, which will allow you to stay more satiated and full, which will then probably aid in weight loss because of the fact that you're going to be consuming less calories from the quantity of that food that you're consuming compared to your eating like the greasy cuffs or something like that. Yeah. So as that we used in the video and uh, in a post I made last week in the, uh, in the group. So that's obviously not like, like no shit. Fruit and vegetables are probably yeah. good for you. But, but once again, nobody fucking does it. It does work though, because like, so I'll say like me and Sydney have been buying those, uh, the stir fry, just mm -hmm. the vegetable stir fry packs. Yes. Um, and just having that with each meal makes me feel like I'm fuller for longer. Yeah, and it keeps you more satiated longer. But also like, if you're somebody that just likes to eat food, like that's another good way to eat food. Like you can like, I feel like, I feel like if you eat your proteins and then you eat all that and you have like extra veggies, I feel like that's good. Well, like I even hate talking about because people kind of roll their eyes at that particular statement. But it's, it's, it's the thing of like, I, I doubt anybody's problem of being overweight is due to the fact of eating too much fruit or vegetable. Like eating an extra, whatever it is, a cup or like four ounces of vegetables. Yeah. I seriously doubt that's your problem. I mean, you probably withstand. The problem is, is that when people diet, the problem with like people focusing on just macros alone is that, and this is what the problem that first initiated kind of coming out, which macro, I think like if it fits your macros, became like really popular. So we're kind of really getting out there like in probably the early 2000s. Yeah. That's when we kind of started trying to take it off because, because people could say like, oh, I can eat Pop-Tarts and lose weight, which yes. on a on an actual textbook simple, yes, it's true. Yeah. Like you ever told me the story about the professor on the Twinkie diet thing. Mm -hmm. So he was teaching like a nutrition class. And, you know, he was talking about at the end of the day, what's going to determine body, body composition, not body composition, but body weight is going to be caloric intake at the end of the day, regardless if it comes through a Twinkie or it comes through apples, right? It's, it's all comes down to the amount of food that you're eating in a day, regardless of where that comes from. And the class was arguing with him saying like, no, like food quality is going to ultimately dictate how much weight, you know, weight gain or weight loss that you have. And so for 30 days, he ate nothing but Twinkies and dropped like 30 pounds of weight. What? Yeah. Man. Now. Was it healthy? Was it, was it best approach? No. Was it probably hard as hell to probably do? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because I can guarantee I you. I guarantee you starving. Starving. Just because obviously the, the volume of food you're eating was relatively small, right? Because I, mean, I don't know what a Twinkie cost-wise, but you're probably talking between three and 600 calories per Twinkie, uh -huh. I assume. So, I mean, for him, he's probably only eating four or five Twinkies in a whole entire day, right? Yeah. And so, overall, that's ultimately going to dictate that. But the problem is when people do the, if it's your macros process, is like, they'll naturally think, okay, well, as long as I'm eating, uh, <laughs> you're good. As long as you're eating, uh, I haven't, or check this in a FYI. Yeah. Adam that checks out just yet. Oh, okay, it's FYI. How about this afternoon? Okay. Okay. So, uh, but overall, if um, I lost my train of thought now because I had somebody walking. You were talking about um, if it fits your overall macros. Yeah, that people would have the problem of going with more processed foods, right? Because as long as it's not macros, all that matters. Mm -hmm. Well, in the process of doing that, they find themselves more hungry 
throughout the day, less making it less likely that you're actually going to stick with the program. Right? You know what reminds me of processed foods? What is? Do you remember Jacob Cupston? Yeah. Because he always had to eat a pint of ice cream every night. Mm-hmm. And I remember him getting with you for nutrition, and that was like his one thing he had to eat a pint of ice cream every night. And so he made you put that in his program to like account for that. I just always remember that. Which I, I think is is fine. Like I think a lot of people. And I think he was trying to gain weight because he's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that like it's really hard for him to put my mass yeah, on and like weight. Um, but I just always remember that. And, it, and obviously, you have a bigger caloric ceiling you're trying to put on weight. Obviously, you have more chance to like maybe eat some more crap, eat something foods. like that. <clears throat> but the majority of the population, that's not the case. You're going to lose weight, and if you're just counting macros, you might have a tendency to reach for things that aren't going to be the best because it fits within your numbers. And the problem with that is the fact you're, you're more likely going to be hungry because of that. And honestly, the, the micronutrient profile of that is not as high as well. And in my experience as well is that people who do that, their body compositions don't seem to turn out the best. They might drop some mass, right? They might drop some weight, but their body composition isn't as ideal as compared to somebody who were, were eating more quality-based foods more while foods. also trying to match the quantity of that food, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So don't sleep on that whole entire process of the fruit and vegetable intake. Um, you know, Even if you're not a big fruit or vegetable person, by slowly finding, like, just find like one thing that you don't mind eating could just be as simple as banana. Most people usually can go, even people who are like, I'm not, I don't like fruit, I don't like vegetables. Most people Most usually people like a banana. They can do a banana. And what, and I was kind of like that at first. When I was kind of coming out of high school into college, I didn't grow up eating fruit or vegetables at all, like zero. And the thought of eating fruit or vegetables was just like not gonna happen for me. And over time, you're, you have, your palate changes over time. And you'll notice that if you if you kind of start slowly reducing down like your sugar intake, like putting sweets and syrups like that, that other fruits start to taste more sweet. Like they taste better. They taste better because yeah. the palate is improving. Because like it's kind of those things. Like I guarantee you, if you were to take like a caveman back in the day and hand a bowl of cereal or something like that, you like it blows down. Yeah, it tastes anything <laughs> that sweet, you know, compared to a fruit. And I think right now, the way everything is processed and, and, and done the way it is, that your, your palate's so fatigued to this over-sensation of like eating sugar all the time that eating a fruit seems like plain and dull. Mm-hmm. Like almost like it is almost as that taste all That makes sense. But if you can, can slowly reduce that out, like the fruit and vegetable will slowly start to taste better. This is what I experienced, right? As I slowly start like working my way into more quality foods that I noticed that the, the fruits that I what were eating started to taste better because I wasn't sh- like so highly consuming sugar as I was back in like high school and early college days. That makes sense because I mean you always always hear like uh, like my mom doesn't drink cokes anymore and so when she has a coke like out the out the blue she's like okay this is too sweet now yeah um, like it's almost like too much for her at that mm-hmm. point. Um, well, I remember like uh, John Dredetti's one time went like a whole year without eating sugar is what is what his thing was. And then, like, at a year, he went to, uh, was it McFarland's? They had, like, the bread pudding thing yeah. or something like that. That's what he wanted. And he's, I think he said he threw up. What? Yeah. Like, like just because it was so yeah, sweet? It was something that he really loved before he kind of cut it out. And then a year later, he went, and he said he made it maybe, like, halfway through it and, like, threw up. Good Lord. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's a way, if, you, if you're somebody who struggles with that 
aspect, if you can slowly wind a lot of the sugar intake, I guarantee you those things will start to taste better over a period of time. It's cool. Okay. So that's principle number two. Principle number three, obviously, no shock here is obviously consuming a certain amount of protein per meal. Mm-hmm. I kind of put it as a range between 20 and 30 is probably optimal for most. 20, 30 grams. 20, 30 grams. If you're thinking that, that's 100 grams. So I did on the lower end. If I do it five meals a day, if I did five meals a day at 30 grams, it's 150 grams. Obviously, the needs are going to vary from person to person, but that's a good general rule to go by. Um, obviously, that involves a little bit more of a scale approach, like weighing out your food. A, a, a simplistic version is if you have like a, a palm size worth of meat in your hand, it's going to vary from meat to meat, but that's roughly going to be about three ounces worth of meat. I was going to guess four. Three, yeah, three, depending on the density of the meat and whatnot. But three-ish, four-ish ounces of meat is what you're going to be holding in the palm of your hand. Depending on what meat option that is, that's going to vary as well. But let's say, for instance, I'm taking in chicken. If that's roughly three ounces of meat, you're looking at somewhere around just south of 20 grams probably. So, you know, okay, based off that, visually, I probably need to have like a palm and a half worth of meat when I sit down. Is it going to be perfect? No, but it's kind of a lazy macro approach to a degree. It's like if you don't want to weigh and you don't want to measure here are some ways you can go about doing that, just using your palm as a method to that. So roughly, most of the time, getting a roughly a palm, palm to two palms, depending on the size of the person. If you're more of a larger male and you're like in that 200 plus pound range, you're probably looking at two palm sizes. If you're a smaller female, you're probably looking at roughly closer to more like a palm size. You're kind of somewhere in the middle, like 140, 160 pounds, and like a palm and a half. Oh, yeah. So it's a good general to go by. But at each individual meal, you need to have some type of protein source at each individual that you're starting with. It still blows my mind how many people will come up to me and say they only eat protein maybe like once a day. Yeah. I still feel like that's day. common though. It's, it's probably it's more like common super than common. Yeah. that people just don't consume protein every single meal. I feel like if you were to ask like normal people, like just like go to the mall and just ask a bunch of people, I guarantee you that would be normal. Oh, no. Like I feel but, like... Yeah. I feel like we get spoiled at this gym sometimes because <laughs> I feel like so many people like really do try to eat well and like do well and do good by that. Um, and so when you, when like I go out of here, you go to like a family function or something, it's just like, oh, it's almost like a culture shock. I don't know. Well, like I even think about when, for instance, like when I was in high school, right? So you start your day off with a bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. All right. That's. But I feel like that's what everybody does. Yeah. Traditional breakfast, right, or donuts, whatever it may be. For depending on what they're serving in the cafeteria that day, so I, I eat breakfast, wouldn't have anything again to lunch. Go to the cafeteria, whatever they serve. I mean, it could have like maybe chicken, a hamburger, or like fried yeah. chicken or something like that. You got some protein that way, but if it was like spaghetti or you know something off the wall had you know minimal protein in it. Once again, nothing there. Not getting that much. Then not eat anything all afternoon if I did get home. Let's say maybe I didn't have any sports going on at that time. Maybe go home, eat like some cookies or some cereal or something like that. No protein there. And then whatever my mom served that night, right? I'd be like rice and gravy. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you're <laughs> like talking, all carbs. It's all carbs, baby, all day. And I mean, probably my protein consumption was probably like, total consumption was probably between like 20 and 40 grams yeah. all day. about the south right? 100 for sure. And so, and you're thinking like, okay, like you get in high school, right? You get your first protein shake. You think like, I take in one, I, a one I'm protein shake shit. a day. I'm going to get jacked off this yeah. one protein shake, right? And uh, it, but that's more often than not, that's probably more the common 
American diet, for especially sure. for a teenager. Um, I remember even when we bought our house a couple, like four or five years ago, the guy we bought it from, or if it came at the hospital at the time, he ate out every single meal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner was takeout. Every Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Like breakfast, would just kind of go to the drive-thru and get something, which is, and the thing is like, that's probably pretty common as well. They had like cafeteria at the, at the hospital. He'd eat in the cafeteria at the hospital. Okay. And then he'd go to like, you know, a Cajun high or something like that and for sulfur for, you know, his dinner meal. You know, it might be like fried catfish or something like that, which got protein that way. But every single meal was takeout. You know, and I think sometimes, like I said, on the way of like how we are at our gym, I think people can sometimes get down and says you probably are still well ahead of the curve for than, sure. than most people, you know. Uh, but if you, you're hearing this, you're like, oh shit, that's me. Maybe that is me. <laughs> then you are, you're the common American yeah. adult diet for the most part. And so, uh, when we say a protein source, we're talking like a lean protein We're not talking about like going to Popeye's fried chicken. I was also going to say, not just a bucket of cashews. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like yogurt. Or yeah. Like, I actually think of like your meats, meat sources, eggs, pork, beef, fish, chicken, things of that nature, right? And so that's a, a simplistic way of going about your protein. If you don't want to get like a, a scale out and weigh and measure those things, that's that's a that's a, a, a good way to go about using your palm. The last one I think is a little bit easier to go by than the ones we listed because it doesn't involve like any weighing or measuring. Oh, when it comes to like the cups as well, like when we go to the cups of fruit vegetable, we're talking about using like, obviously you'd have to weigh and measure that or like use an actual cup measurement. Like roughly a palm is about a cup. A cup give or take a little bit but so roughly you want two fifths worth of fruit or vegetable at each individual meal throughout the day as well so as a hand measurement to that the last one uh, is the five or less ingredients on each individual meal five or less five or less okay. probably probably more likely two to four is probably gonna be more of the range but five or less ingredients per meal that you're eating okay so what that means so like if somebody's like okay well I'm gonna eat this Protein cookie. Mm-hmm. Let's use that as an option. How many ingredients are in the back of that label? Okay. All right. That's what I mean. Gotcha. I'm not meaning like you have five individual pieces of food. I was thinking like, okay, every night I've been eating stir fry. So I'm counting every vegetable plus my protein would probably go over five. Give or take a little bit, right? Yeah. Like when I say, for instance, like most people aren't going to put six different pieces of vegetable on a plate. Yeah. More often than not. For sure. There, There is some caveats to the rule. There's there's exceptions to eat. <clears throat> right? If you're going to say, okay, I'm going to eat my dinner night. I'm going to have a steak. I'm going to have some rice. And I'm going to have like a mixed salad of greens mm-hmm. that have like lettuce, kale, tomato, maybe a tab of cheese, um, you know, some onions or maybe. So now we're over five ingredients, mm-hmm. right? But we're talking about holistic ingredients. Yeah. What I mean by that... You're talking about like a label, right? For the most part, a label, right? It's in, Or even like people who are making these big, extravagant type of meals. You're talking about like food for like meal prep, but like it's like rice and chicken. It's just like a... You're talking about like crock eight, pot. Yeah, like yeah. crock pot of like eight different things in there, right? I feel like you'd never know how much is in there. It's impossible to track it that way, right? But keeping it relatively simple, okay, like if you think of like, I need a protein, carb, and fat source at every single meal, and you catch it to three individual things, that's only three ingredients, right? That's true. If I if kept it to, you know, chicken, rice, avocado, right? Or chicken, rice, almond butter, or sweet potato, ground meat, and, I mean, actually, technically, ground meat would count towards your fat intake, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. 
but <clears throat> keeping the ingredients simple more often than not, right? I think when it comes to like the label thing, like once again, going back to the Fitcher macro concept, but people a lot of times will, because it's fitting within their macros that they can kind of have anything they want. Pulling in the range a little bit and focusing on the quality and the quantity of things. And we're kind of going back onto the quality side of things. If I can reduce the amount of ingredients that I'm needing in a day from nutritional labels, the better off you're probably going to be as well. So not reaching for the protein bar over the meat source, right? Yeah. I think sometimes those things can be convenient. I'm not saying they're necessarily the worst things in the world. They're just not the most optimal thing. And once again, going back to the 80-90 rule. So I think... 80-90% of the time. 80-90% of the time. Right? And that technically means it could be 89% of your individual day as well. Mm -hmm. So out of the meals that you eat, let's say you're eating five times, four of the five meals meet this criteria. That's an 80 percentile pass rate, right? If one of those, let's say one of those five meals is a protein bar, okay, obviously it doesn't meet the five ingredient label list, but it's still not bad. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. It could be fucking McDonald's or something. Yeah. You know what I'm and, and so that's what we mean by the, like the eight. It doesn't mean every individual meal needs to be this, but more often than not it does. Uh, and so it was a simplistic way of kind of putting my thoughts on paper that I thought would help out people. If we just think about these one, like if we had these rules in my head for every meal that I sat down and ate, how much that could help people out if they, I think sometimes people can get over consumed with nutrition information and make it very complicated. No, it doesn't uh, have to be. And it doesn't have to be. If I could, if I said with just these simple rules, I felt, I guarantee like your body composition would change a lot better than what it is currently for most people. Not, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every rule, but I think sometimes we don't like to hear something this simple is that effective, but it can be. Yeah. I think sometimes the most simple things are the most effective things. Yeah. I think sometimes as naturally as human beings, we try to make things more complicated because I don't want to go back on it because I make these rants. I feel like every like two or three episodes of, but because people like to try to make nutrition complicated because it, they think that's the reason why they're not seeing results mm -hmm. because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Well, well, it's because I'm eating between these certain hours or, you know, it's because I'm eating this certain carbohydrate or this certain type of protein. Because you're eating white rice instead of jasmine rice. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and it's like, it's not really your problem. Um, I remember that was a big thing for a while. What, white rice? Not eating white rice? Not eating white rice and like, I remember like brown rice with the shit for a while. Then it was like quinoa. Yeah, quinoa. And then it was like jasmine rice or nothing. I just always remember that. Yeah. And so, um, it's it's just overall I think it's a very simplistic approach. I think it would help out a ton of people. Like I said, it doesn't have to be like this at each individual meal. Um, but like you did it more often than not, you'd be in a, in a pretty good boat. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything add, I think you should add to that. But I say give us an over just go over them one more time. Alright, rule one, roughly twenty ounces of, of fluid ounces of water per meal. Okay. Give or take a couple ounces there, say five plus or minus five. Roughly two cups of fruit or vegetable each individual meal. 20, 30 grams of protein at each individual meal, and then five or less ingredients at each individual meal. Okay, and if you had to pick two, which one are you picking? Probably the protein and fruit and veggies. Protein and fruit and veggies? If you say like, if you're doing like triage it, like what's yeah. most important, I'd probably say, like the top of the pyramid, like probably the least important out of all these things. Um, 
it, it, I'll say it's individualized. I would probably say the ingredient thing is probably your least important thing. I think it just makes things a little more simplified. I think second on the list of least importance is probably the water. Third being the fruit and vegetable, and most important being protein. the protein intake. And then, like I said, we kind of like, okay, this is the most important thing, kind of going from there. Like, that's why I always tell people like when they're on like trips or vacations, because some sometimes people will be worried about like, that they're gonna mess everything up while they're on, on the trips, which once again, you always hear this common thing, it's a quick caveat here, a quick rant, is that if you take 52 weeks out of your year, and say three of those 52 weeks you're on vacation, Mm-hmm. I doubt that's your fucking problem to why you look like your body composition looks the way you want. Not, not, it's not where you want to be. Yeah. It's the other 49 you're at home. Nothing else is going on. That's your problem. And so, but anyways, uh, the number one thing I always got to tell them like, hey, when you're on a trip, you're on vacation, obviously you're going to live a little bit and you're going to go out to eat and have drinks, whatever it may be. Is just be mindful when you go out to eat. Like try your best to have some protein consumption at each meal and try to start with that. And then everything after that is in the slain, yeah. Okay. Right, like that's the only thing I need to check off your list. I, like, just being mindful of is like having protein at the majority of the most you're eating. So, like, when you go to another restaurant, like trying to go with more, like, hey, I need to get like a steak option or a chicken option or a fish option, or from that breakfast, like, I, I need to get some eggs before I go to the pancakes. And yeah, stuff like, that, you know? like um, you know, knowing like in your beach house or wherever your vacation is, you're probably not going to eat the best. So, when you do go out, try to make the best of it. Yeah, like just to start with this simple thing, like, it's like, hey, this is my initial thing that I'm going to start off with and then if I'm you know whatever I want to eat on top of that whatever go at it if you want to have some drinks have some ice cream do all that stuff to like start off with your chicken or your fish or your steak and try to get that down and then go go from there right don't even worry about this is like the amount of it just got to start somewhere and that'll as best as we can offset some of the bad decisions we're going to make on vacation anyways so um, so hopefully you guys maybe got a little bit out of that on the way of like some simple nutrition rules to kind of go by each individual meal um, I'm sure most of you guys will take me up on the offer, but that's okay. That's just, I can't say I didn't give you the information. So, Try to listen. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll do Kel's podcast next week. So. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. Later, guys. See y'all.